Welcome to the latest episode of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This week we're talking about Excelsis Day. Assuming I haven't totally butchered that pronunciation, I will be the first to admit I know nothing of Latin. This episode originally aired on December 16th, 1994, and has an average IMDb user rating of 7.1 out of 10. And the action takes place primarily in Massachusetts. This episode has a couple of unique aspects in terms of the production staff. This was Paul Brown's final episode with the series. He had produced eight episodes up to this point, the last being Firewalker. He'd also written Ascension, and this is the second and final script he wrote for the series. Now, the director, Stephen Sergic, this is his only episode for the series. He was actually directing this coming off of Wayne's World 2, and as with previous directors who only worked for the series just that once, his background is largely in comedy. Now, this was a very challenging episode to shoot. It was essentially about uh, Fountain of Youth discovered through Eastern medicines and herbal remedies coming into a retirement home that specialized in patients with Alzheimer's and other degenerative diseases, and they were getting additional medications fed to them by one of the orderlies. Now, to set this up, virtually the entire thing was done as a location shoot in a pretty run-down facility. It also meant that there weren't terribly wide hallways, weren't terribly large rooms, which would make the camera work and any moving cameras very difficult. It was apparently extremely difficult to edit and to shoot the entire time they were doing production because they didn't have anything already set up for lighting. They didn't have anything already set up for sound. And when you've got a facility this old, it may not have the power requirements needed to do a full-scale TV production properly. And although I don't know how much of a factor it is, a lot of the major players in this were quite old. A lot of them actually passed away by natural causes within a decade of filming this episode. Which also brings into question, what were their shooting schedules like? How able were they to keep working? Now, there were a couple of stars who got regular work in a lot of places. The most notable ones in terms of the older cast being Eric Christmas and Francis Bay, both of whom appeared in Seinfeld and other series. Francis Bay is probably best known as the woman who was the legitimate owner of the Marble Rye. Uh, Sheila Moore returns. She previously guest starred in Deep Throat. Tasha Sims appears in her second of three appearances in the X-Files. Sab Shimino appears here. He may be best known to Seinfeld fans as the voice of Mr. Sparkle, but he also appeared in TMNT3, Waterworld, Presumed Innocent. Jerry Wasserman is here, who was also in Watchmen and iRobot. But probably the most recognizable guest star is another case of the Before There Were Stars kind of guest star. In this case, it's Terrell Rothery, who would go on to play Dr. Janet Frazier on Stargate SG-1. The story itself is notable, again, primarily for the difficulties in shooting. One sequence that must have been extremely difficult is one in which Mulder and Terrell Rothery's character are trapped in a flooding bathroom. It was done fairly effectively. There's a little bit of visual effects in some cases in terms of transparencies and ghosts. What also sets it apart is the risks that they were able to take on network television. We do start off with Well, first, the use of the word bitch, which doesn't always come through right before a rape sequence where Terrell Rothery's character is raped by an invisible entity or someone who cannot be seen. And then that's in the teaser when we come back after the credits and she's describing this to Mulder and Scully. She's describing what happens in as much detail as network television can manage at the time. This episode doesn't have as much of the dry wit or the humor that we typically get in the series. We get a little bit coming in off the opening credits 
when Mulder comes into the X-Files office, finds Scully's already there viewing a tape that Tara Roth remade to show what had happened to her with the rape. And Mulder's immediate reaction is, whatever tape you found in the machine when you got here wasn't mine. To which Scully responds, well, that's good, because I put it in the drawer with all the other tapes that aren't yours. So again, we've got another reference to Mulder's porn addiction. As far as the execution is concerned, it's relatively well done. We don't get as much flair in the production as we typically get. We don't get quite as much distinctive lighting or sound work as we typically get. But a lot of that is probably just the limitations in terms of the power and the facilities that they were working in with this location shoot. It would have been a very difficult shoot to pull off. Now, when you have a a director and a writer who are relatively inexperienced with this particular series, that probably doesn't help much either. So there's not a lot else to say about this one. So please join us again in two weeks when we discuss Aubrey. Thank you. Intro and outro music is by Lastwell, created under the Creative Commons license. All other content, copyright 2014, Bureau 42. Please feel free to send any comments and feedback to bureau42podcasts at gmail.com or leave us a review on iTunes.